you know, Florida, Florida State needs to keep the, you know, foot down, man. And I, offense, I, I'm just not been – it's been rough to watch whenever they have that chemistry and then it just falls off in between games in that second and third quarter and then you're desperately having to fight to come back. That just can't happen. This team, you can do that against Georgia Tech probably, but – uh, it didn't work against ranked teams. And I'm hoping that Florida State, no matter who you're facing, should start getting onto a trend of doing that no matter whoever the hell you face. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. P-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Hear the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here on a splendid and wonderful Wednesday evening with the whole entire crew. BZ's back after taking a sick leave last week. It was all right. Me and D. Lou held down the bye week. Florida State is back in action. Both Dustin and I were were at Tuesday and Wednesday's practice, so we'll be recapping that as we get you prepped for Florida State's game against Georgia Tech as they try to get back into the win column and get that winning streak back just like how they had it in September with me this evening is Dustin Lewis our editor-in-chief at nolgaming.com and down below is Austin VZ, our lead basketball writer which things are starting to pick up down there he's got some scoop to give us on the show later how we doing gentlemen good to see you guys great to be back you know nice little bye week get a couple days off it, it was cool just to chill on a Saturday and watch some other games for once instead of having obligations and Definitely enjoyed it, but five more games, hopefully six. So time to get back to it. I'm just glad to be healthy again. Last week sucked. <laughs> Didn't feel good. Yeah, glad yeah, you woke, showed up. Yeah, I woke up last Tuesday morning. I'm like, man, I want to die. It was one of those. <sighs> Damn. And, uh, yeah, we were, we were good by Friday, though. You think it's that weather change from going from warm oh, to yeah. Especially up like here. It went, it went from like 85 degrees to about 35 in <laughs> about two days. <laughs> Yeah. And then went right back to 65, 70. Exactly. All messed up. That weather change messes me up all the time. I get like a sore throat, then I'll get a cold, and I'll have a cough. It's like a whole week-long thing. But, hey, I'm glad you're back in action because things are starting to pick up on the basketball side of things. So, uh, there's no time for rest now. This is the best part of the year where you've got basketball incoming and we've got football to talk about. This is where the show really starts picking up. So, excited for that. Dilo, did you have a good weekend? You said you watched some games. Got to see uh, Mario Cristobal fall to Duke. I mean, does it get any better than that? Yeah, it was. I got to watch that, and then I got to watch Tom Brady lose to Carolina the next day. So <laughs> stacking up the dubs on the weekend. See, now I hate – I oh, God, I'm not a fan of Tom Brady, but we do cover them with the 
I'll be down there tomorrow night for the game in Tampa for the Raiders. Oh, you're going? Coming to town. Yeah, I'm going down there and coming back immediately. And you but, didn't come up to Charlotte for the Bucks game. What? Like, no, 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 no. I'm glad. Look at the, no. Yeah, you but should, y'all, y'all could have come up and home, our home future schedule. If we're if both game if both teams win this weekend, then our next week's schedule is not going to be any type of fun of going down to Miami and then going to the Rams game the day right after. So we're 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 limiting the travel tomorrow night. We're fine. And a quick little Saturday game when Florida State faces Georgia Tech at noon. Uh, let's start jumping into things, guys. There's not a lot of lot of stuff, but there, there's a good there's some good stuff to kind of go over. With uh, always, you can listen to podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button, subscribe down below. If you're on Facebook, share with all your friends. We're live every Wednesday. We'll do an instant reaction also after every game. So uh, you'll see one right afterwards, around four-ish o'clock uh, after Florida State faces Georgia Tech. Let's jump into some things, D. Lou. Um, before we get into some recruiting stuff, and we'll talk some Desmond Ricks here with some scoopage there. Let's talk some practice observations from Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, anything that really stand out to you? We got to see Fabian Lovett. We saw him practicing during the bye week. Now you get to see him take on a bit more like Mike Norbell said after practice today, them increasing the reps for him during drills. Uh, I will say on Tuesday, he did have a really nice rep there against Dimitri Emmanuel, absolutely slinging him to the side there. And one of the first reps that we saw him back in full action, just looked like the regular Fabian Levitt. We'll see how limited he'll be Saturday. Mike Norvell said that he will be indeed a game time decision. But I think there's a lot of optimism that you'll see one of your star defensive players out on the field, Saturday against the Yellow Jackets. I guess main thing for me this week is just kind of the competition because I thought on Tuesday the wide receivers came out and had a really good day in the one-on-one and seven-on-seven periods. They got deep multiple times. Kentron, uh, Poitier, Johnny Wilson. I think I think Deuce was able to get one. Maybe Malik McLean, Malik McLean as well. The wide receivers made a ton of plays on Tuesday, and I was kind of surprised just how much success that they were having against the defensive backs on the day and then you come back into the into today the first period um of the practice two minute drills the offensive defense up against each other defense brought a ton of intensity you had jerry and jones breaking up a pass on the sideline um some really good coverage downfield as jordan travis the, the offensive line had a good pocket but there was just nowhere for him to throw as he was rolling out and and looking and the offense actually ended up missing a field goal on the drive and, and throughout the day, just the battle between um, the DBs, the wide receivers, the tight ends. thought it was what you want to see coming out of the bye week. And the coaching staff was really just focusing on the fundamentals. Uh, there was a play yesterday where Kevin Knowles, he was in position to make an interception, but the ball bounced off his hands. And Norvell ran over there and was saying, you've got to make the play, basically, because we know how much this Florida State defense has struggled to create turnovers. And when you look at the numbers, you're going up against a Georgia Tech team that's only turned the ball over six times this entire season. So you're really going to have to capitalize whenever those opportunities present themselves on Saturday. And same thing with the receivers. Uh, McDonald went after a catch in the end zone today with one hand and Norvell's over there saying two hands on the ball at all times, you know, just focusing on the fundamentals. And that's what Florida State needs to get back to these five games because the numbers are there. Still have a, a top 30 offense and defense um, in the entire country, but you're sitting at a four and three record. And I think you get back to the little things, hone in, and these last five games could be really successful for the Seminoles. 
It's funny you say that about Kevin Knowles because you go back to your last game there against Clemson and Kevin Knowles missed that sack, which could have potentially created a turnover and definitely would have eliminated that touchdown that uh, Dabo Sweeney was able to grab there with the wide open wide receiver over Akeem Dent. Like those little things there you've got to execute on. And, you know, Mike Norvell is very hands on. It's been that way mm-hmm. since I've been to the first day of practice. Nothing changes there. Like when Jordan Travis said it today to us, you know, he brings the energy and you don't have to ever have to worry about that yeah Mike Norvell is going 110 percent and he's going to hold everybody accountable but it was very competitive on Tuesday this morning start off a little slow the offense uh, just couldn't find a rhythm there for a little bit the defeats, defense was making plays you know Jerry Jones I thought had a really nice day too overall at the uh, cornerback position but the offense took a little while but then man at the end you know Jordan Travis will sometimes do this where it just he's just dicing through Mm-hmm. that defense and just finding wide receivers connecting with multiple guys, including Johnny Wilson a few times today. He just will sometimes have those spurts and those on whenever it turns over to Saturdays, when he has these practices, at least when we get to see him on Wednesday, last time that is open to media, he performs really well. I, I'm expecting a pretty good game out of JT on Saturday, just the way that he's been finishing these practices. And, you know, he told us also that he, he's just tired of losing. You know, he's ready to get back out there. He said he went down to Orlando, uh, didn't do too much. He said he did a little bit of shopping with some teammates and hung out. Uh, he said he wanted to get out of Tallahassee, he needed it. But, you know, he's back. He feels better than ever. He said that he feels amazing. He feels fresh. And that's a really good sign there. A fully healthy Jordan Travis is something that, you know, not a lot of defenses like hearing. I think that's the biggest thing because we've talked about it on the show during this losing streak a little bit that we thought Jordan Travis needed to get back. Um, on the field and just get back to having fun, being a little bit more loose out there. It just seems like he's been so tight over the last couple of weeks, trying not to make a mistake and lead Florida State to another loss that he just kind of got out of his rhythm a little bit. And it also seemed like the amount of pressure that defense were getting on him affected him slightly as well when it came to his confidence in the pocket. So as you said, this week off was huge for him just to get away for a little bit, just to recharge and now focus on these final five games where you're not going to play outside of maybe Syracuse. You're not going to play a defense like you just faced against Clemson or North Carolina State or even Wake Forest with the way their front seven was able to create some pressure on Jordan Travis. You're going into a little bit of an easier stretch here, and you're hoping the team can come off this time off a little bit more healthier and ready to execute. Yeah, one guy, I mentioned him earlier, but we should definitely talk about him. Fabian Lovett, uh, we're going to see how many reps he's going to get, how much playing time. Personally, I don't think you need to put him in there for too long. Let him get it into a little groove there, see how he's feeling, take him out, just kind of how you did with Jared Verse whenever he went down against Louisville in the next couple of weeks. You were seeing how far he could go, ended up being a game-time decision type deal. This week will be the same way for Fabian Lovett. I, I, I think it's going to be a limited – rep type thing here for what Adam Fuller will do with him. Um, But just to have him back and have that presence, be a leader. We see him in pregame warmups. He's the guy in the middle calling everything. You see at LSU, he's the guy hyping up everybody. Everybody listens to him just because he's he's a dominant guy. And what he says usually happens. Uh, Just having Fabian Lovett there in pads, going at it against offensive linemen. Not only a defensive line likes it, but – that offensive line, they get better with having Lovett in there. So a, a nice addition there for Florida State, starting to get him back into the room for your latter half of the season with five games remaining. 
He's missed five straight games, seven weeks overall, if you count in the two bye weeks that Florida State has had in this stretch. And it would just be critical to have him back because that interior has really been tested, not only with play at times, but the amount of injuries that have just been stacked up throughout that position group with so many different guys missing time. And Fabian Lovett, um, it also potentially, because one guy we didn't really talk about in practice so far yet, Byron Turner had a really good week of practice mm-hmm. and he was injured earlier in the season, now back to full health. Seems like he's primed to potentially get into that defensive end rotation. I think having Fabian Lovett back as well. I mean, man, the depth is, is really starting to increase for Florida State on the defensive front. And um, Norvell actually said today on Wednesday he was able to do more than he did on Tuesday. said <clears throat> Fabian is looking really good, got even more work today. It will be a game-time call. I'm just not going to put him in a position if he's not ready to go play. He's been getting more work. We'll see how he responds after a higher workload today and go from there. So sounds like FSU is going to test him out before the game, but I would imagine that Baby and Lovett gets in there for 15 to 20 snaps. And, you know, this is the kind of game that you're hoping Florida State puts away early. So get Fabian a little bit of work and get him ready for a higher workload against Miami, hopefully. But we'll see how it plays out over the next couple of days. Yeah, I really liked seeing Byron Turner now seem to be almost quite to 100%. He hasn't said anything about that. But just to see his performance, definitely today, man, uh, a standout and yesterday. And another guy who I thought has had – really good practices last two weeks is Julian Armella. I think he's starting to catch on a little bit with Coach Atkins. Coach Atkins has been very hands-on with him. And not that we're going to see a lot of Julian Armella this weekend. You would like to see some Julian Armella if they can, Florida State can put some points on the board and, and put this thing away heading into the fourth quarter. But I've really liked the way Julian Armella practiced. He had a really nice rep against Jared Verse today, being dominant on him, man, and not letting him get to the quarterback then, of course, Jared Verse says, I need another rep. And then here comes Jared. And when you kind of tick off Jared, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a different animal that comes out. So Jared Verse definitely won that next rep. But just to have that battle against what could be, you know, a projected first round, second round talent with Jared Verse, you know, Julian Armella is going against some really good competition, too. So I just think he's developing really well. And I like the way that they're getting him implemented implemented more into the system. And I believe there was a depth chart change there, D. Lou, not that Norvell's depth charts are something that we should yeah. all uh, rely <laughs> on, but uh, to see him be a guy that's a backup for Robert Scott right away is a good sign that something is developing there for Armella. He's got the size. He listens well when Coach Atkins is going at him. You know, Julian Armella is going up and, you know, listening to him. And that's, I'm ex- super excited for him. He's going to have a big year next year, I think. But I, I love the development that I'm seeing from Armella right now. Biggest thing for me is I just <clears throat> haven't really noticed him a lot lately. And that's a good thing when you're talking about an offensive lineman because that means you're not seeing him get beat consistently. And and I thought the last couple of days, just randomly watching, um, Jalen Early has been looking a lot more consistent I was pretty impressed with a couple of his reps today and one-on-ones and then also two-on-twos over there um, the offensive line versus the defensive line and then true freshman defensive lineman Daniel Lyons um, as well I think those are three young guys who have progressed real very well um, this fall and I mean it looks like they're going to impact the rotation pretty soon not this year but you know give them another offseason we'll see what they're able to do and spring practice. And I mean, Daniel Lyons in particular on that interior defensive line at Florida State is just stacking depth there. Obviously, moved Dennis Briggs over there recently with the 
interior injuries, and he stayed there so far during practices. Um, we'll kind of see how that situation works out, but potentially getting Lovett back. I mean, man, the the defensive tackle room and the defensive end room, especially with everyone kind of getting healthy now, you're feeling very, very comfortable with the depth that you have going into this last stretch. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up uh, Daniel Lyons, a guy that had some good reps today alongside Joshua Farmer too. Man, yeah. I'm like, sometimes I'm watching and when the de- defensive tackle gets back there so quickly, I'm like, damn, who is that? And sure enough, it's 44. He just he just gets back there. And the funny thing is, I'm so used to Odell Hagan's last year, absolutely yelling at him, going at him. Now, you just don't hear that anymore. And it's more to Bishop Thomas and Daniel Lyon, just because that's the way that Odell coaches. Once you pass that hurdle, then you might not have to get chirped on so much. But definitely some optimistic signs heading into the rest of the season and at next year with Lions, also Farmer getting getting into a group there. And then you also have Ayobami Tafase who will be cleared for and be able to play next season. So there's definitely a bright future in that defensive tackle room. Yeah. Trying to think of anything else that so CJ Campbell, that's another big one there. Uh, a guy that was lighting it up in the spring. I'm a big CJ Campbell fan. I mean, we were hearing some really good things out of him out of those two practices during the spring, he gets hurt early after one of those scrimmages. Don't get to see him at all. He, in my opinion, I think is Florida state's best pass catcher. In my opinion, I think he is great uh, with the ball and his, whenever he's catching it from the quarterback, I, 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 and plus him coming back now seems to be a hundred percent. We'll see if he gets any playing time uh, throughout the rest of the season, what Florida state's plans are with him, but he does look good. And he looks like he's good to go. It's really nice to have C.J. Campbell back there. I know you talked with Lawrence Toa Philly yesterday, D. Lee. What did he have to say about having Campbell back in the mix? Yeah, C.J. Uh, returned to practice this week, and that's the first time that we've seen him on the practice field since the preseason whenever he was injured um, during one of those scrimmages. And I mean, Lawrence didn't have too much to say about him. He just said, oh, man, I'm happy for my boy 22 back to get him going. I know he's excited. I'm just as excited as he is, you know, just to have a – familiar face out there and then as well as Treshawn Ward um, Norvell noted today that he's a little bit behind where Lovett is um, and his progression to get back on the field but Ward has been sticking with the running backs during practice stepping in and providing advice whenever and then he's also putting out some cool dance moves on the sideline as well you're muted is he dancing yeah the the GAs were having a, a real good time today watching him I, f- I forget which song was on. Oh, it was a good song. <laughs> I mean, I understood why he was grooving. The, I was grooving. I would have loved for but, you to um, name that song, whatever it could have been. It was a good one. But going he back Shazam. to Norvell, because just seeing CJ out there yesterday, catching some passes out of the backfield, working in individual position drills with the running backs. Um, I don't remember him seeing see – seeing him do team drills yesterday, but then coming out today, he actually got a couple reps in team drills and in seven on seven. Norvell said he's ahead of schedule in his rehab and we'll see where it goes on when he's able to get back out there and be full go on the field. But it's definitely great seeing him out at practice and he's starting to make an impact and Norvell noted he's a team favorite. So a lot of the roster is just happy to have him back out there and working. And especially with this guy being a walk on, like you said, had a really – this is scout team player of the year last year for Florida State. Had a really good offseason, standout performance in the tour of duty. It looked like he was primed to potentially get into that running back rotation alongside 
Ward, Trey Benson, and, and Toa Philly before the injury. So we'll see where it goes from here and if he is able to crack into that lineup these last five games at some point. Yep, we'll see if he can. Uh, I just love watching C.J. Campbell play, so we'll see if he ends up getting into the mix eventually. Right now, you feel pretty good with what you got ahead of him. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see for sure. Definitely with having Ja'Kai Douglas back. Yep. And you also a, have Josh Burrell is working a lot at, at running back. So suddenly, you know, Rodney Hill, we, we love some yeah. Rodney Hill around here. Yeah. Suddenly that, that unit's getting beefed up a little bit. It is. It most certainly is for sure. So a, ni- a, ni- a nice week of practice. You know, Florida State hasn't had one of those bleh kind of lazy practices and in a while they probably had maybe two max this season and one during fall camp that, you know, minor bell or two during fall camp that minor bell wanted to change really quickly. And they did a really good job of that. Uh, this team is playing really competitively and uh, you know, uh, Johnny Wilson did another thing. I mean, just put on another show today and Jordan, Jordan Travis, man, throwing some darts in that red zone. Um, and he talked about it. Today. He went back and said there was a few throws against NC State, definitely that interception that he wished had never happened. But those are things that you got to move on to or move on from, and you've got to get ready for the next couple of games. Uh, you, you've got a lot of season left. And Florida State, only we got to remind people, only has three losses right now. It has a strong potential to get to that eight-win mark, nine, you go to a bowl game. I mean – Things can look a really sexy heading into that offseason when you get on that recruiting trail. Don't look at me like that, Dustin. That'd be sexy. Eight and four, not sexy to you? Yeah, I'd, about, sure. About nine and three. It would be cool. I mean, I think uh, I think five and zero oh is definitely achievable, but four and one is probably the most likely outcome. Yeah. And then we'll we'll talk about the rest of the games here, and just if you we did it uh, during last week's pod, but I'd like to see what VZ has to say about those. Uh, I feel like VZ is going to get back into an optimistic trend here. Mm, maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. My, my optimism is going towards basketball season. Going towards basketball season. Yeah. Don't worry. We're 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 getting we're getting there soon. We're going to be there eventually. Close. We're really close. Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's jump into some recruiting stuff, D. Lou. Florida State on Monday. Love those evening decommitments, but this time from a talented offensive lineman in that 2023 class that was committed to Florida State under Coach Atkins. Or Eric Kearney, a four-star lineman out of Orange Park, Florida. Decommits from the Seminoles. But just three minutes later, <laughs> I was over here getting ready to write the piece and over here flips over to Florida and Billy Napier dealer. This kind this was a weird feeling after the commitment. It feels like, you know, something just we heard some rumors here and there. And I'm not going to bring up stuff if it's not confirmed or anything, but just didn't seem like once once the commitment happened, things just kind of started slowing down. Florida was trying to get him on campus. Florida State was able to get him back to FSU. And then he goes and sees Florida again. And here we go. You know, he, he makes a flip from the Seminoles over to the Gators. D. Lou, what do you think about this? I thought we had something special, you know, for, for him to decommit while I'm in my car driving to go pick up dinner. It's just, frankly, it's, it's disrespectful. But this is something that it's kind of been – a long time coming. It, it was just 
a matter uh, of when. Um, you know, he's been at UF a couple of times this fall, and things have just been trending back in favor of the Gators. And, yeah, it's particularly weird because whenever he committed, we were able to speak to him and, and other outlets. And, you know, he, he said, if you want it real, come to Florida State. Mentioned he didn't like how Florida had negatively – recruited some of FSU's coaches and, and didn't feel like they were exactly genuine. So for that to change in a matter of, uh, you know, four, four months or so, and, you know, especially coming off an official visit to Tallahassee, which he took for the Clemson game, um, didn't interview after that visit, hasn't spoken to reporters in a while, but yeah, a really kind of an odd end to this recruitment for, Florida State, but there are still some talented offensive linemen on the board. Obviously, DJ Chester, um, a, a top target for Florida State. Chris Otto, someone that the Seminoles really like who could play on either side of the ball. And, and a really interesting offer that just went out to junior college offensive lineman Keyshawn Blackstock. And I thought it was interesting. That offer went out on Thursday, just a couple of days before Kearney decommitted. So you wonder if Florida State caught wind of that and then went out to offer a talented interior guy but a strange ending to this recruitment leaves Florida State with Lucas Simmons now as the lone offensive lineman in this class but you know you'd rather have a guy that's all in than just halfway in like it seemed like Kearney was for a while so what else can you say man I I liked Kearney too got to see him a few times in person and we got to see him uh one of the camps that Magnerville was holding I, I liked him, you know, and was, you know, Coach Atkins really hands-on with him, good listener, good build, good body. Uh, you know, just some things might not work out, but it's always weird definitely when you're flipping to the rival and going back to, like you said, Lou, a lot of things that he was talking about, about the Florida staff before he ends up committing to Florida State, just not talking so highly about them. You never, you never know nowadays. You just never know. But you know, it's it's a tough loss for Florida State. But then you've also got Coach Atkins in the fold, and you've also got Mike Norvella. Usually, Mike Norvella has Plan B, C, D, and E on hand, and they usually answer pretty quickly. We'll see what Florida State's going to be able to do here. I know there's a couple targets. You put out a piece earlier this week of a few names that you think you know Florida State uh, should continue to pursue and maybe more focus on to add with Lucas Simmons, who was also a really talented offensive tackle that Coach Atkins has in that 2023 class. Yeah, I just mentioned uh, the majority of those guys a second ago. But, yeah, just going back to this Kearney, mm-hmm. um, the loss of Kearney, it didn't, feel, it didn't feel like this one was coming because, at least over the summer, because I remember, you know, out there at the Seminole Showcase with Lucas Simmons and Kearney and Keldrick Falk, and those guys were going against each other at one-on-ones, and you had Coach J.P., taking pictures of them before their matchup, you know, and just having a real good time. So, yeah, to see this flip over this time period and, you know, I know Kearney has dealt with a hand injury and some stuff during his senior season, but regardless, uh, still a very talented offensive lineman and we'll see if the Gators are able to hold on to him prior up leading up to the early signing period. Yep, something to maybe keep an eye on uh, while we watch his recruitment go through. Uh, there's some other recruiting news that have been that have been popping up. Another one with Cedric Baxter. Before we get to Desmond Ricks, let's, let's talk some Cedric Baxter here. A current Texas running back commit, really talented five-star. Previously committed to Florida State. 
a little bit a long time ago, but seems like Coach Yak, Norvell are pressing pretty hard on Baxter here to try to keep on getting him over to Tallahassee. What have you heard, and will we be expecting him this upcoming weekend? Yeah, like you said, Florida State pushing really hard here, and it's interesting because they're able to get Baxter and his family in for that Clemson game uh, on an unofficial visit, and that wasn't announced, obviously, until he arrived in Tallahassee, and whether that was something to not tip off Texas or, or whatever, regardless, they're able to get the visit, and it went really well by all accounts, and now just a couple of weeks later, having him come back for an official visit, I think Florida State would have preferred to do this later down the line, but when this is a prospect such as Baxter, you fit him in whenever the schedule allows it, and you know, especially the opportunity to build some serious momentum, having him on campus two times in three weeks, and from what I hear, he's expected to arrive in Tallahassee Tomorrow night at some point, he'll touch down on campus on Friday, and this official visit will continue into some point on Sunday. Baxter's family is supposed to be with him, and, yeah, I'll be out there. Hopefully he'll speak with the media afterwards on, on Sunday morning or afternoon. We'll provide a further update on that. But Florida State is pushing extremely hard for the Texas commit. Hakeem Williams was in his ear a ton during Clemson weekend, and I heard that they're setting up some more time to – hang out over the next couple of days whenever both of those guys get to Tallahassee because Hakeem Williams will also be here on an unofficial visit. And, you know, it coincides with not only Baxter being here, but also Desmond Ricks, expectedly, expectedly. Let me say that. Yeah. We'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah. Cedric Baxter, I mean, I like Cedric Baxter. The thing with them, you know, Texas, they got a thing going there. I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to play behind uh, Arch Manning, man? The next, next best ever. Well, it's just tough for Baxter because he's a Florida State fan and he grew up a Florida State fan, a former Florida State commit for um, about yeah. a year. And that was when Norvell and this staff were in Tallahassee. And he's just seen what the what the staff has been able to do with running backs the, the last couple of years. And I don't think that anyone can argue when it comes to Mike Norvell and running backs. He's got that figured out as good as any coach in the country with the amount of quality players in that backfield. And it's possible that Baxter could see the same vision for himself coming in as the highest, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the top running back that Norvell would have signed so far at Florida state, a real talent for them to develop in that backfield. So we'll see how it plays out. This official visit is going to be huge. And I think it would be crucial to lock up another trip prior to the early signing period. If you're really going to pull this flip off, I think Cedric saw last season and saw that things weren't going so well you know, for Norvell, and it's still a building. So, I can, you know, recruits see what they see. Then you go into this season, you get the win there on the road against LSU. You're competing. You're getting close. You're like one possession games against these ranked opponents. You're getting close. You see the growth there, and that's what a lot of these recruits, I think Hakeem Williams saw that, and that's why he's bought in and he's ready to roll, and he's going to end up being a, a recruiter for a lot of these guys, including Cedric Baxter. Baxter and Desmond Ricks that helps out a ton whenever you're seeing an improvement on the field but for like games like this against Georgia Tech that's a game you have to win that's just expected you go in there and you win that game and then for Miami you beat that team too (laughs) you beat that team again like you did last year and you should do it by quite a lot because they're gonna have 16 fans in the stands there's a lot of things that Florida State has on the recruiting trail that they are building momentum on and this is where you see these five stars 
creeping their eyes on being like, you know what, maybe uh, I'll come view over here. Cause there's Texas is hot right now. They got everything, momentum, everything going on over there. And, you know, Norvell is, you know, slowly building this thing and that, that momentum's building whenever you have improvement, that's right there on the field in front of your eyes. Just the perfect situation at the perfect time, not only with Florida state's improved play on the field, but also that they can showcase that if you come to Florida state, you know, you can produce like these running backs are, are producing. And also, it doesn't matter if you're a starter or a backup or the third string, you're still going to get involved in that rotation and get your opportunities as long as you prove it um, at FSU. You know, you can see that with the three-headed rotation that Florida State has been running all season. And, I mean, they're also prioritizing him. You know, the bye week came at a perfect time because Mike Norvell took a helicopter over there to Cedric Baxter's high school and bam, a couple, couple hours later or a couple days later, and the news trickled out that he was going to be taking an official visit. And Norvell also was able to stop by IMG Academy. And now we're hearing that Desmond Ricks will potentially be in Tallahassee as well. We're trying to confirm that on our end. But we've been told from the Florida State side that they expect the recently reclassified to the 2023 class, the um, five-star defensive back still a five-star even though he is reclassified from the 2024 to the 2023 class to be in Tallahassee this weekend so you know obviously Desmond Rick's talented dude but it was a weird storyline a couple months ago very weird storyline very I mean we talked about it on here quite a bit but uh, said point blank on an Instagram post that Florida State had stopped contacting him, you know, phone calls, texts, everything just went silent. Nothing was there and didn't seem like from what we were hearing. And, you know, we never heard from anything FSU wise is never going to happen. But things that we were hearing, you know, that just wasn't the case. Um, and ended up being, I think Desmond said something about another school too. And then also some other recruits decided to get involved and say they weren't getting contacted by Florida right. State. It just ended up being a shit show. But now, that's seemed to maybe cooled off. We'll see what happens this weekend, but let's just say Florida state's able to get Desmond Ricks on campus. What does that do? D do you think in Florida state's chances there? Because there's some big teams there, Alabama, LSU, some big ones in there that kind of have some, definitely have a lead, but you know, having him on campus would be nice after that whole debacle a couple months ago. seems like Alabama, LSU, Florida, and Miami are, are some of the other teams involved to, Keep an eye out for this one. And as for Desmond Ricks showing up at Florida State, I think it's too early to just yet to say what exactly this is going to do for their chances in his recruitment. Because when you think about him reclassifying now to the 2023 class, um, it looks like he's not going to be able to early enroll at, at a program. So it seems like he's going to push his recruitment back into February. And now you're sitting here. It's almost November. And he has all five of his official visits remaining now since he reclassified, I would imagine that those programs that I just mentioned along with Florida state will likely be the five official visits. But I mean, that could obviously change. It's just going to depend because I mean, we've seen with this recruitment that it can go one way and then it can go the other way quite drastically. Um, in April, Desmond Ricks called Florida state, his team to beat coming out of that visit for the spring game. And we had heard from multiple sources going into the weekend that Ricks was expected to commit to FSU the day prior to the game. Um, for some reason, that didn't end up happening, but he still named Florida State his top team coming out. And then, yeah, like you said, over the summer, 
he claimed, I haven't heard from them in months. They must have gave up or something. So recruiting is just – recruiting is a really weird thing, especially now. In Tallahassee um, alone, man, good God. With yes. NIL and everything involved in it. But um, we talked about it when this originally happened. Defensive backs coach Marcus Woodson, he's been in this recruitment for a long time, has been developing a relationship with Ricks since he was in eighth grade. And it seems like maybe with Norbell stopping by IMG Academy, they were able to secure this visit. Uh, we haven't personally heard back from Rick yet to confirm that he will be in Tallahassee. But like I said, the FSU side does expect him to be in. If he does respond, we'll provide an update or maybe he'll put out a post on social media about it. But regardless, our eyes will be peeled on Saturday to see if Desmond Ricks does truly make it to Tallahassee and if so I mean man what a thing about all the wild recruitments that Florida State has been involved in over the last couple of years I think you can add Kearney now to that list I mean Ricks is just as wild as they come I mean man what a couple of years to be a Florida State fan that follows recruiting I, I would advise that you don't uh, please do <laughs> yoga or something twist and twist and turn it's like a roller yeah. coaster of emotion yeah, yeah and, and it I doesn't was, the roller coaster to, does not end until literally the end, until the signing is done. And just to end it off, I did confirm with a Florida State source that Ricks is still a target for them, despite what has transpired in this recruitment over the last couple of months. So they're going to try and mend those fences and pull off a home run. We'll we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. I'm interested. VZ, are you interested and are you stressing out? Uh, I'm not stressed at all. Not one bit. Honestly, I could say more if I wanted to, but I'll just let the situation play out. Before good, I good, good. You keep it quiet. You keep it quiet there. Because you don't want to tick off D. Lou here. You don't want to tick him off. Or you could. You live in Charlotte, so you don't see him. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not like he's going to do anything to me. He's scared of me anyways. <laughs> Dang. I'm scared of him. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like VZ could He can just like out. emotionally – Make me emotionally distraught very easily. That's not yeah. hard. I think he could. I mean, it's not. Uh, but yeah, so we'll keep a close eye on that. Anything else recruiting, D. Lou? Make sure you get a video of the recruits coming in on Saturday so you can <laughs> see that. Yeah, I would just say, you know, mention Hakeem Williams, KJ Sampson, defensive tackle commit is expected to be it's in. It's a good one to have in. Jabril Rawls, um, a guy like Kearney out of that Jacksonville area i'm sure it's got to be a little bit of a shock for rawls and kj kirkland to hear that news of kearney flipping over to uf because um kj kirkland mentioned in his interview that kearney was actually recruiting him to commit to florida state um candon fryer Keyshawn mashburn peyton naylor a couple other commits will be in we mentioned cedric baxter we mentioned desmond ricks is expected in one of the top targets one of the top players in the 2025 class five-star quarterback colin hurley um, is expected to be in Tallahassee. That's another guy that I've reached out to. I've yet to hear back just yet, but the Florida State side expecting him in. Um, Tony Tokars leading the charge there for FSU. They were able to get him in a couple times over the offseason, once for a workout with Tokars, um, where he was able to personally work with him and, and watch him throw along with some other players. So this is one where Colin Hurley, already a national recruit, has offers from pretty much all of the big schools in the country, you know, Alabama, every pretty much every powerhouse program that you can think of, he's mm. probably got an offer from at this point in his recruitment. Uh, Florida native, so FSU trying to get in here early, establish this relationship, and 
hopefully pull something off in that 2025 class a couple cycles down the road. And then also maybe an interesting one that – see how the fans react to this one. 2025 kicker Brett Fitzgerald, the brother of Ryan oh, Fitzgerald, God. will be in for an unofficial visit. So, you know, we, we had the Aguayo pipeline. Mm-hmm. How about the Fitzgerald pipeline? Hey. Brother to brother. No, I saw, no thanks. I saw uh, Ethan Fisher, too, Jimbo's son, over there kicking over there for you, NFC. 50-yarder. Got any more than that? I would take a 30-yard, a good field goal. I'll be honest. We just, we just don't need another NC State situation where we're 45 yards out. We're trying to figure yeah. out what we want to do with 30 seconds left. I'm, I'm feeling optimistic about Ryan Fitzgerald's turn. I am. I'm feeling good. I feel optimistic. That's what yeah. does. I don't. Not as not as stacked as a visitor list as Florida State had for the Clemson game, but still some nice talent coming in this weekend. Some guys in the 2023 class who FSU is monitoring and wants to check out and, and get an update on in person. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I'm not sure if I'm expecting a commitment or anything like that, but I think FSU has a chance to get some momentum here, continue pushing things with Cedric Baxter. And, I mean, if Desmond Ricks shows up, that would be huge for Florida State's chances there with the reclassified defensive back. And I mean, man, just having Hakeem Williams back around instead of at another school, that's a win in itself. It is. It definitely is. So, nice nice stuff there, d Hopefully another busy another busy weekend. You go from the Clemson game to this. Got some still some rich talent coming in for Florida State versus Georgia Tech. So if if you look at it, I mean, it hasn't been boring any game this year. Florida State, pretty much every home game, they've had some really talented guys coming in, and I I think that's saying something compared to the last couple of years. You know, the talent has definitely stepped up a notch this season, and it just shows that the relationships um, with the recruits are paying off, and the progress on the field is being recognized as well. And now these guys are really starting to see Florida State as a legitimate option. Yeah. You would like to see that running back trio on Saturday, put on a show there in front of Cedric Baxter. That would yeah, certainly be nice. Well, duo duo. Du- whoa. Whoa. Oh yeah. I guess. Strong so. word. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm, man, I'm ready to see Rodney Hill in there. Eventually I'm ready to see Rodney, but yeah, once you get Trayshawn back, then you get that trio going, but yeah, the duo of Toa Philly right now with Benson would be nice to put on some yards. I'm sorry, which they've done throughout the season. Let's see if they can get it going again in front of some some recruits, especially Baxter, a former five-star FSU running back commit. Uh, before we move on again to our Georgia Tech preview, if you're on YouTube right now, I'd definitely appreciate it if you hit that like button. Make sure you're commenting, too, if you have any questions or topics you want us to bring up. But hitting that like button helps uh, get some more FSU fans onto the show, which always helps. And I uh, really do appreciate everybody hopping on here with us on this Wednesday night and talking some Florida State football and basketball. Uh, let, let's jump into this uh, Georgia Tech preview, guys. Uh, I'm ready to get back into some football. I'm ready to get back into Doke. It was a nice week break. I, I'm like, dang, I can't wait for this bye week to get some rest. But then I'm like there, and after Saturday, I'm like, dang, I'm ready to get back to some football action. So excited to be back in Doke. I might be more – probably more happy because this is at noon, and I usually complain about noon games, but I'll be honest with you, leaving – Leaving uh, Doe Campbell Stadium at 1 a.m. is not the most fun, I'll be honest with you guys. So wrapping up things at the latest 4 o'clock will be clutch. Florida State kicks off at noon on the ACC Network. (sighs) Seems like there's a quarterback situation going on there for former Heisman winner and now coach at Georgia Tech, 
Chris Winkie. Uh, they've got a couple of quarterbacks, three of them that they said are practicing, could have a potential on playing against the Florida State Seminoles on Saturday. I don't believe that one damn bit, but uh, we know a former guy, a former FSU commit, Jeff Sims, well, was injured, mm-hmm. was replaced last week. We saw what happened there with the nightmare for Georgia Tech, with the whole good. running out of bounds situation. But they said they got three quarterbacks. Uh, just initial thoughts going into this game, guys. Uh, what are y'all thinking? Yeah, the uncertainty at quarterback pro- probably provides the most interesting storyline coming into this game because obviously the Yellow Jackets came into Florida State a couple of years ago. Mike Norbell's first game in Tallahassee, Jeff Sims' first game at, at the college level, and they were able to defeat FSU, I believe, 16 to 13. But now we don't even know if Jeff Sims is going to be able to suit up, um, according to interim head coach Brent Key, dealing with a foot sprain and is considered day-to-day at this point, was knocked out, like you said, of Georgia Tech's loss to Virginia on Thursday. And he also left the previous game against Duke that uh, that they were able to pull out in overtime. And apparently this is a different injury than the one that he suffered against Duke. And there was another game earlier in the season where he was knocked out with an upper body um, injury. So no clue right now if Jeff Sims is going to be able to suit up. And if not, Brent Key said both Zachs will play. They have Zach Gibson, Akron transfer, who did not look very good last week. And then they also have true freshman Zach Pyron, a former four-star prospect and Elite 11 finalist who has not yet appeared in a game or thrown a pass at the college level. So give me the Zachs. It's a weird situation. I mean, Jeff Collins gets fired, you know, a few games in the season. You know, they're playing hard under the interim coach, and then now you've got this – rotation of quarterbacks and i know you say they got three quarterbacks the old the old adage is if you have two quarterbacks you don't have any well they got three so they don't really have any and you know you mentioned zach gibson not being that great last week um jeff sims hasn't been that great all season you know he's barely got 1100 yards this far in the season he's completing under 60 percent of his passes only has five touchdowns to three picks just hasn't really been doing much and i think I think Florida State's going to be a little bit motivated, especially for those that were around for that first game in Norvell's tenure. Um, they're going to want to prove something. I think I think they will, too. And you go back to this is – think about it. It's a revenge game for Norvell. I mean, that loss against Georgia Tech. That was a weird game. That was a very weird game. It was odd. I mean, it started late, too. Remember yeah. that? They had the rain delay storm pretty sure i had like a stomach bug too and i had to leave i've never left a game I never left a game i will only leave it after the game's over i had to leave during that delay i had a st- stomach bug just a weird situation and norvell loses that to start off uh you know I, it's a revenge game for him and you know florida state needs to go out here and put some points on the board and I, i'm looking at that offense too and we're going to see it again probably where Florida State will go down on the field and have that successful drive, and it looked just absolutely magical, like there's not even a defense they're going against. You know, you'll see a wide-open Cam McDonald. You have a few good big runs there, and then Jordan Travis will find a guy in the end zone, or JT will take it in and run and scamper in for 15 yards. Florida State's just been beautiful on their first drives on offense, and then for you know almost the latter of the first quarter and then the second quarter, things just start falling off, and – there's either not execution or play Collins off. Something's not right where Florida state should put games away 
lot quicker. And I mean, they did that against Boston College, but we see how awful they are. Uh, it's 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 around that same caliber. They're definitely playing for this interim head coach, and these coaches are fighting for future jobs. But you know, going back to that quarterback situation, it's not going to be fun going into Doak and having to deal with that if you're a backup quarterback like Gibson. And it's not the most ideal situation to be going into, but you know, Florida state needs to keep the, you know, foot down, man. And offense, I'm just not been, it's been rough to watch whenever they have that chemistry and then it just falls off in between games in that second and third quarter. And then you're desperately having to fight to come back. That just can't happen. This team, you can do that against Georgia tech probably, but it uh, didn't work against ranked teams. And I'm hoping that Florida State, no matter who you're facing, should start getting onto a trend of doing that no matter whoever the hell you face. The margin of error was extremely thin in Florida State's three losses. It, it just simply – there wasn't enough room to make mistakes against teams that are were just so experienced, um, like Clemson, North Carolina State, and Wake Forest. And, I mean, that's why 18 total points is what separated it – separated those losses from – being wins. It was just a very slim margin of error in Florida State. They didn't convert in the red zone at times. They missed field goals. They had turnovers. The defense gave up some really poor plays um, at times. And now, but it's not the same going against this Georgia Tech team because, like Austin said, Jeff Sims, he hasn't been amazing, but the whole offense hasn't been very good. Georgia Tech, one of seven teams in the FBS to score 11 touchdown, 11 offensive touchdowns or less so far this season. They're averaging 16.1 points per game. That is 125th out of 131 in the FBS. This is a really bad offense that Florida State is going to be taking on this weekend, and I think it's going to be crucial for the defense to come out and set the tone because the offense has struggled. The defense has struggled too, but I thought they played better than the offense during that stretch of games. Um, and it will just be huge coming out of this bye week, potentially with Fabian Lovett back to go up against this opponent and beat the hell out of them because Georgia Tech, they have a really bad offensive line. They've given up – I mean, I'm not really good at math. They've it's given 26. up 20, 26 sacks so far this season, and I forget the number of tackles for loss that they allow per game. But it was one of the worst numbers – in the country. So Florida State feasibly should be able to provide a lot of pressure here, especially if Jeff Sims is, is unable to play because Zach Gibson is not nearly a threat with his legs as Sims is. And, and you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm expecting a resurgence on, on both sides of the ball here for Florida State as long as they don't turn it over because we'll get into it. But that's the one thing that Georgia Tech does do well. Yeah, I'm really hoping the D-line steps up in this game and hopefully we get to see some Fabian Lovett. Um, but Georgia Tech do, does have two running backs averaging over five yards a carry, which for as bad as their offense has been, that's going to be what they're going to have to do in this game if they want to have successes. You know, try and get Florida State up the middle like teams have had success in the last few weeks with NC State and Clemson. Um, they're going to try and follow that similar kind of game plan because their quarterbacks aren't a threat. Florida State's going to try and stack the box and try and stop the run. Um, and, and hopefully they can. If, if Georgia Tech's averaging five yards a carry in this game, you know, maybe it gets a little closer than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Florida State should be dominant there on that defensive line. It should be, you even if you don't have yeah, that it's expectation, it in there. But you never know until the game's played. Yeah, they've had a few games where you're like, damn, all right, so where's the defensive line? Where's the pressure at? And, you know, Robert Cooper, too. We've found out pretty quickly through this many games that he 
does work off better whenever Lovett's inside that game. But still, I mean, you got Malcolm Ray. You're able to have Jared Jackson. We'll also see. We didn't get to see Jared Jackson against Clemson. We'll see what his availability availability will look like on Saturday. He did practice both both Tuesday and Wednesday when we were there, so that's a good sign. Uh, but just seems to be hindering just a tad bit. You know, Florida State's defense has got to put the pressure on him and then not allow much you know like you said VZ, they can they can run the ball but florida state's got some linebackers that can stuff and you know you look at tatum sure, Bethune, yeah. look at yeah you look at bethune there and the run also lundy too definitely i think uh, has been really nice in that short yardage run defense and you got to take kalen deloach who's really your outside guy that you know he's got the speed florida state's defense should take care of business definitely if you're looking at a backup quarterback with what we saw on tv uh last week this this game shouldn't last too long. It's all about not overlooking your opponent because, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is Georgia Tech doesn't have the skill players at running back or at wide receiver that Clemson or Wake Forest or even LSU did. I mean, Florida State, they've played better teams. And, I mean, I would compare them to more of a Boston college uh, as far as talent level and especially with the – chaos that they're dealing with making that coaching change going over to Brent key. It is interesting because they're able to win their first two games under key went in upset number 24 Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh and then defeated Duke in overtime who has had a better season than expected so far under Mike Elko. So um, I think it, especially for Florida state, you've got a rivalry game next week, seven 30 Saturday night against Miami on the road. And you're going up against a three and four Georgia Tech team who might not have their starting quarterback. It's very easy to overlook this opponent. And I think we said thing this we said the same thing about Boston College because they had Wake Forest the following week. And then they went in and did their job, took care of Boston College, got the starters out, um, you know, came up short the following week, but still they executed that night against Boston College. And I think you want to see the same thing in this game against Georgia Tech, especially coming out of the bye week, because Think back to that Louisville game. It was sloppy at times in that first half coming off um, a week off. And I think you could see the same thing against Georgia Tech, maybe a little out of rhythm early, but then they find it as as you get closer to halftime and, and take the Yellow Jackets down in the second half. But we'll see how it works out. The thing about that pick game is one thing Georgia Tech does well is they force turnovers. You know, I think they force yeah. 16 total turnovers on the year and they force Pitt in a mm-hmm. three and then didn't turn on, turn any over themselves. If the Florida State's losing the turnover differential by two or three in this game, then yeah, it's going to be much closer than it needs to be. And we've seen Florida State shoot themselves in the foot a little bit these last few games. They got to stay away from some of those mistakes to keep this game where it's supposed to be. It's a good, you know, you know, say it. It was early for Jordan Travis to get these lessons learned because going into it, you don't want to have those turnovers. And that's something Jordan Travis talked about after practice. And, you know, just making mistakes and making throws and he doesn't need to play hero ball. If he plays hero ball like this, Georgia tech, they'll, they'll take it away from you, man. Uh, that's one thing that they're good at. Uh, he just doesn't need to play that hero ball. And I, I that's one thing I don't want to see throughout the rest of this latter half of the season. JT not doing the whole, let's just toss it up and see what happens. He's very lucky. He did not get picked off uh, against Clemson there at the linebacker. I mean, that was just, toss it here you go and you're having it you're in good field position too that would have just been a colossal cluster f uh you just 
Don't want to do that against Georgia Tech to even give them a chance to have a game going into the fourth quarter. This is not a great team. Uh, this is just not a good team. And what I like about Mike Norvell, this team does a really good job of focusing on their opponent that week and moving on to the next. Uh, I, I'm not too worried about them overlooking getting ready for Miami next weekend. I, th- I think the Miami versus Georgia Tech game will be most watched TV. That should be incredible content on PBS at 9 a.m. So I'm looking forward to that one in a few weeks more than anything. Anybody that needs to primarily, I guess we talked about defensive line, um, need guys that need to stand out on Saturday significantly. I'd probably, for me, I'm going, I'm going to go just Jordan Travis. I want to see a bounce back game from him and keep, keep, take care of the ball. Well, if he takes care of the ball, well, I think things are going to be smooth sailing for the offense and I'm going to go significant. Someone's got to do well too. And that's going to be on the sideline. I want to see Mike Norvell get this offense go through four quarters instead of two. I want to see uh, a better rhythm through that side of the ball. It just hasn't been that way in the last couple of games whatsoever. You know, I want to see four full quarters where you're putting points up on the board and things don't go stale after the first drive on offense. It's got to be fixed. You're not going to win any games at least against good opponents that way. You can beat Boscoge. You, you can probably do it against Georgia Tech, but I want to see a rhythm start now to where you're heading on the road in prime time against Miami. And then you've got Syracuse. You've got you know more uh, rivalry against Florida there at the end of the season. ULM I don't really give a damn about, but you've got to build some kind of rhythm, and that starts now on Saturday. For me, it would probably be the cornerbacks because I had – I had higher expectations um, for this group than the way they're playing right now. There's been a lot of struggles, a lot of miscommunications. Um, you know, Amari and Cooper and Kevin Knowles had some promising moments last year, but they've also had some struggles this time around. Same thing with Jerry and Jones, um, AZ, the true freshman, kind of a little bit of back and forth there. And, you know, Greedy Vance as well. Renardo Green has been pretty solid up and down, had a couple of mistakes here and there, but I thought he's he's done his job well for the most part. But outside of that, I'm looking at the rest of that cornerback group to step up against a Georgia Tech team who, like we mentioned, doesn't turn the ball over. One of the things, one of the only things that this team has done well so far through seven games, Georgia Tech only has six total turnovers on the season. Like Austin said, they forced 15, and that turnover margin fourth in the country. So that's the way that Georgia Tech potentially – gets an upset in Tallahassee. Um, so, and yeah, I mentioned earlier in the practice report how Mike Norvell was harping on some of these guys, you know, a couple interceptions dropped, a couple not being the right angle on a couple of coverages that, that a lot of play downfield. It's going to be huge um, to see them potentially bounce back against an offense that doesn't have a ton of weapons. When you look at Georgia Tech's wide receivers, um, Nate McCollum has dominated the stat sheet, 34 catches, 345 yards and one touchdown. That's basically 25% of Georgia Tech's total production um, at, at on the wide receiver core. Outside of that, you go from McCollum at 34 catches to Malachi Carter at 13 and then EJ Jenkins at 11. So watch out for them to force the ball to McCollum on Saturday. For me, I'm looking at Trey Benson because um, we're still expecting Trey Sean Moore to be out for this game. And, and Trey yeah. Benson was a huge reason why Florida State was – in the game for the first half against Clemson, he was able to do things to that defensive line that Clemson had really seen all year. He needs to continue having some success in this game. You know, Georgia Tech's given up about four yards of carry on the ground. 
Um, he, he's got to keep running north and west because, or north and south, because man, he just he can flat over run run over people. Um, and he's got legit four three four four speed. As long as he's playing at a high level, Florida State's offense seems to be doing a little bit better and sustaining drives and not stalling out like you mentioned. You know, whether it's play calling, whether it's execution, you know, the, the running game has a lot to do with that. Yeah, you got the talent there to do it for sure. Uh, and I would love to see, hopefully, Florida State can handle things and we can have a fourth quarter to see some of these youngsters get in, like a Julian Armella, a Rodney Hill, more. Ray Thomas, even Sam McCall, too, in the defensive backfield. I'd love to see that where you get some get some chances to some youngsters, maybe throw a Tate Rodemaker there, and at the end, you sh- it should be a game that you can do this. And they were able to do it against Boston College. Um, just from what we saw, I mean, we got to remember what we saw last week. That was not pretty football from Georgia Tech. Uh, th- this game, to me, shouldn't shouldn't last too long, but if they're going to pull that crap again where they can't play – offense for two quarters out of the game then yeah it will be a little bit of something uh at the end so we'll see anything else guys before we go into do some score predictions yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna make a pre-score prediction that florida state is gonna block a punt this weekend georgia block tech punt? georgia tech has had four blocked punts this season so i'm gonna say florida state either blocks a punt or micah Pittman gets a punt return punt return touchdown this week uh, Pittman could get wow. his finally get his. All right, I, I like it. I like a now who blocks it though. Bold prediction coming off. Shaheem. Kind of. There's only one name for the punt. Shaheem. He would block. He actually your, had one last yeah. week. He'd block me on he Instagram. He'll block anybody. He blocked <laughs> you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I almost fell for that, like just just like a small bit of my brain. It's been a long day, that, but I, I almost Dustin doesn't use that. Instagram enough to get blocked. I was about to say, like, damn, what did you do to Shaheem to do that? Was it in the locker room after LSU game? Did you not go talk to him afterwards? Maybe that was <laughs> uh, damn. That's messed up. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have any crazy bold, crazy bold predictions here. Who's gonna get a sack? Other than Jared Verse or Derek McLendon, this Remember, Georgia oh. Tech's given up 26 of them in seven games. That's an average of over three a game. So, someone who all who, could, so who's who's getting a, who's getting two or who's getting two sacks? Potentially uh, half the roster. <laughs> Ooh, give me, give me. You know what? I'm gonna go like you know Jalen Ramsey's been hot again. You know those safeties getting a sack. You know I'm gonna or I'm gonna go Jamie Robinson here even though Jalen's a corner, but I'm going to go Jamie gets a sack. I'm going like on the pluses here. That's like a plus 1,500 on FanDuel, right? Man, if only we could bet in Florida. If only. I would. I got a little Jamie Robinson sack. I don't know. I can't say anything more than that, but I like what I've seen from Jamie this week. See what happens. Oh, they got Pat. Uh, PP's getting himself one, says Tom. PP? He should. See, I can see he it. should. He's, He's gotten due. very close in these last few games. Man's due. Yeah, I got another another Pat Payne in here. Yeah, no, this 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 show and the Facebook, YouTube crowd though, do like some Pat Payton. So uh let's jump into some score predictions, guys, and we'll get into the latest with some basketball to finish off the show. We got a fun one here. Nooner and Doak uh for Tally. Should be beautiful weather. Uh safe travels to everybody coming in town. Looking forward to seeing you guys. 
I don't know who went first last week. I completely lost. I think I'm in the middle. So someone's um, no. Technically, you're the end. You're technically you're the end of the rotation. Am I okay? I think I. What what game are we on? This is game eight. I yeah. believe Dustin goes first. D- right. Dustin, look at me. I believe. Give, it, give, right. give us a good one, D. Lou. First noon game of the season. I'm very excited to wake up and go over there. But yeah, coming into this game, you know, Florida State, they've lost three straight, but I think they're able to recharge, refresh a little bit over the bye week. And like I said, the the next five games they're playing aren't like the last three. I mean, they really played three damn good football teams in North Carolina State. They're probably going to end up dropping out of the top 25, but they're easily a top 20 team in the country, whatever Devin. Leary is healthy. I mean, the Atlantic division has just simply been very good this year. And when you look at the stats, Florida State, I believe a top 10 toughest schedule in the country through seven games so far in 2022. So the numbers back it up, but Georgia Tech, not one of the elite teams on Florida State's schedule, um, really have struggled on offense, 118 out of 131 in the FBS only commit or only convert 29.7% of their third downs. And I mean, there's just that uncertainty at quarterback. And even if Jeff Sims is able to go with that sprained foot and he suffered an injury the week before, it's feasible to assume that he's not going to be a hundred percent either way. Uh, and that obviously plays in the favor of the Florida state defense with how porous Georgia tech's offensive line has been. As long as FSU can hold on to the ball and, convert in the red zone. I I think they win this game pretty handily. Like I said earlier, I think it mostly comes down to not overlooking your opponent. Don't worry about Miami going there, take care of Georgia tech and and then start getting the plane ready. Uh, I've got Florida state winning this game 41 to six. Whoa, damn. (laughs) Damn. He teased us earlier, but this ain't even close. This one ain't even close. All right. Dang. So Sorry. two field goals or a missed extra yeah, point I don't, for I don't a block kick, block kick. So I'm I'm projecting Brown, Sims kick. not to end up playing, and I I watched the game last week. I didn't like what I saw from Zach Gibson, and, and he got he got sacked seven times by oh. Virginia. Virginia, yeah, and they're also potentially going to throw a true freshman there who's never played. Just a bad. Yeah, they might have, they might have more true freshman is unreal. We just we don't know. He's never thrown a pass. Jared Verse is licking at his chops. Listen also, they've that. got the former Clemson quarterback over there, Tyson. Can't say his last name. Yeah, the long one. It's very surprising to me that he, he's the fourth-string quarterback over there. He's not getting a look at all transferred into Georgia Tech over the offseason. Chris Winkie don't like him, man. I guess. Chris Winkie I mean, don't like him. Guess not. It'll be good seeing Winky down there. But either way, so text 41, me back, forty-one two six Florida State to true. get out of the three-game losing streak. I'll be yeah, true. All right, I like I like that. I like that. VZ, what do you have? What do you think in here? It's, You'll be at work, so you won't be able to watch it. Uh, yeah, I'll keep up with it on my phone. Obviously, okay. um, true. I don't know how much I'll be able to watch. It's interesting because you know, as bad we as we've talked about Georgia Tech. Uh, they are tied for second in the coastal, which has to stand for something, right? Yeah. <laughs> when the coastal <laughs> that, that the ACC should have eliminated divisions this year instead of next year. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. Um, th- th- 
I don't think Florida State's going to score 40. There's only been two teams that have scored 40 on Georgia Tech this year. It's been Clemson and Ole Miss. Everyone else has been below 30. Um, I think Florida State's somewhere in the middle. I, I don't expect this to be much of a game, especially because I just I don't respect Georgia Tech's offense. Um, but at the same time, I think this team's going to be focused. You know, Coming off three straight losses, they want to get back in the win column. They want to get back for Mike Norvell's first loss at Florida State. Hopefully it's like the Boston College game where, you know, midway through the third quarter, we're seeing Tate Rodemaker trot out there. Um, but we'll see. I've got I got Florida State 35 to 10. 35 10. Okay. All right. So that's a that's a good good amount of points, I think, too. I'm around the same range of y'all, too. Don't really need to go in depth on anything, but uh, just a few things here that I need to note on. Uh, Chris Winky last spring still hasn't texted me back. <laughs> You know, after we met, shook hands, talked for a little bit there, wanted to get you on the podcast for all of our great listeners here. Did not text me back, so uh, that adds on another seven points. Not in your favor. Uh, maybe 14. I don't know. Um, and then the second thing is Georgia Tech came in here and ruined Minor Val's debut. Wasn't so great about that. So maybe that adds on another seven points. I think Florida State takes care of business. Uh, Florida State did a good job taking care of business against Boston College, who they could have easily overlooked. They stayed focused, did what they needed to do. Minerville, uh, you know, just put that away pretty damn quickly. We were in the press box looking at each other in the first, qu- first quarter, just leaning back, grabbing some food and just hanging out. But uh, I, I don't think this one will be close going into the fourth. I got Florida State winning this one. Florida State winning this one 30, 37, close to the 40s. I got Florida State 37, uh, Georgia, Ta- Georgia Tech 10. Georgia Tech. Tech. I don't know so where like, that came from. <laughs> 37. Is that a yeah, missed extra point or is that three field goals from Fitzgerald? Because I don't like. I, I, yeah, I'm hoping that there's going to be a rhythm <laughs> of the offense. You know, I go into these VZ when I make these score predictions, I don't think all too crazy into them. They just somehow, whenever it gets close in the end of the game, they're right there nearby, just a touchdown. Away usually. What was your score again? Thirty-seven ten. So you just added two points, so it wouldn't be the same as Austin's. Pretty much, yeah. No, Not I didn't even, even what I didn't remember what his was. Uh, uh. <laughs> but yeah, well, Chris I saw, Lincoln, man. How do we not get that text back? Not. Not all Heisman winners are the same because you've got Charlie Ward out there today on the sideline at Florida State's practice, watching, and you know he's been a consistent guest on here a couple of times throughout the year. So not all Heisman winners are the same. We, we appreciate you, Charlie. Yeah, we do appreciate Charlie. We've gotten close a few times with uh, Jameis. Well, well, that one will definitely happen one day, but that one's going to be a special one. That is going to be, there ain't going to be nothing else going on. That's just going to be a full on interview, but still, still waiting on Winky there. I do count P dub as being a guy that should have won a damn Heisman, but didn't get one, but, we got, we got we got to get war we got to get Charlie back on before the season ends and I'd love to get Pete up back on here too he's always brings some great energy on the show so uh VZ basketball. latest with some basketball baby there was a secret in quote secret scrimmage that went on with Michigan if you're in the Discord VZ laid out a lot of good scoop there uh, uh related everything about basketball what are we? What do we got going on? We're getting close to season. We got an exhibition game tomorrow night. Wish we could be there, but I'll be down in Tampa. D. Lou will be riding from home, covering the Bucks versus the Ravens. 
sadly we won't be there. Maybe we'll send Maddox. What do we got, VZ, in the latest? Yeah, so I don't want to talk about too much about the secret scrimmage. I'll leave that as a as a Discord secret. Right. Um, but but everything I was told was that it went well for Florida State and Michigan's a good team. You know, they bring back Hunter Dickinson. Who, if you remember, tore Florida State up a couple years ago yeah. in the tournament. Um, yeah. But but they've they've got some real talent this year. They're, they're projected top four team in the Big Ten, which is a very good conference. Um, and apparently Michigan wants to make this not an annual theme of Florida State, but a semi-regular theme of Florida State to play them every preseason. Um, obviously, Coach Hamilton coached Jawan Howard in, in his brief stint with the Wizards. Um, but it, it's it's a good opportunity. You know, Michigan was very set on this being in a neutral site game, which is weird for a scrimmage in the season. But they got to play it in Orlando, which Florida State already has to play down there twice this year, once against UCF in a couple weeks. And then in the ESPN Invitational around Thanksgiving. So, you know, it makes sense. Get to travel down there, get used to it. Um, so you're not surprised in a couple of weeks when you're heading down to UCF, who may or may not surprise the people. We'll see how they play. Um, but, yeah, it, it went well when Florida State played the brand of basketball they wanted to play. You know, they're, a lot of times with these scrimmages, people are, or teams are doing a lot of different things just so the other team can get some practice against it. Um so there's a lot of zone defense, a lot of walk-ons playing, especially in the second half. Um, but from all things we've been told, it went pretty well for Florida State. And that's uh, it's a good sign because everyone saw the Jalen Gate injury and they're like, how is this team going to perform with, with his loss? And, you know, maybe we start to see a little bit, a little bit of that. Um, but, yeah, first exhibition game tomorrow against Newberry College. Uh, there's a former Florida State grad assistant on the Newberry staff, in case you're wondering why they scheduled Newberry. Um, I wasn't. Some people were. You, you never know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. It's an exhibition game. Right? They can, yeah. they can play then, whoever. And this is the only exhibition game of the year. You know, uh, at least which is record. strange, right? Because normally, I guess usually, the, the secret scrimmage took one. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, technically, I guess that's well away from us, Ham. Um. So, yeah, only one true exhibition game this year. I, it won't be streamed because everyone's going to ask about it. Um, they, they never want these streamed. They want as, they want to keep things as quiet as possible. I don't even know if there's going to be a radio broadcast. I'm assuming there is, um, and I'm going to try to listen to it, but we will see. And, you know, hopefully these guys look good because, you know, everything we've been told is these guys are ahead of schedule. They're really starting to come together. Um, That's good. I, I'm That's excited. Good. I'm really, really excited. Really, really the only thing – kind of somewhat negative I've heard is Bob Miller is still not in great basketball shape right now. He was dealing with some injuries over the summer and still getting his conditioning worked up. Um, yeah. But his, his, his basketball mind is just insane from everything we've been told. What can you tell us about Newberry college? Because I'm sure you, you've really dived into the scouting report here and kind of line up for they bring in. The, the scouting the is only, beginning now as he goes to Google. The only thing I can tell you is that they're based in South Carolina. That is that's the only thing I know. <laughs> and, the door, and the grad assistant. Yeah, and the grad assistant that's on staff there. That's all. I'm really know. slacking ahead of the first game. Listen, what do you want me to do, man? I like. Not, do they got shooters or not? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm I'm assuming there's a whole bunch of white kids that can shoot, but we'll find out tomorrow night. <laughs> all I can hope is that this doesn't end up like Syracuse's exhibition game, which I don't know if anybody except me paid attention to that. They were down seven to Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Just let that one. Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Of Pennsylvania. They're down seven with 13 minutes left. How does that make sense? That's like two different states. 
well, <laughs> I'm confused. There's, there's IUPUI, which is Indiana University of Pennsylvania of something something. It'd be like a Florida. Sounds like Georgia. they should just stay in Indiana. Yeah, I mean that would make sense <laughs> to me, but hopefully Who's... this doesn't end up. Hopefully this doesn't end up like. Are that. they in Indiana or Florida. Pennsylvania? Can you answer that? Pennsylvania. Okay. Like by the line or something? Maybe. Maybe they're near the line there. Maybe I'm not potential there. I, I'll I tell you, I'm not a map guy, but do those states border each other? Uh, no, there's Ohio. Someone whip out the them. Google Maps, please. I don't. I don't need to. Ohio is between them. Okay. Um, right. Just hopefully this doesn't have like that Syracuse game where you know there's 12 minutes left. We're like, we're what? <laughs> here we go. We um, have some facts here from Dave on YouTube. Uh, Newberry is a top 15 D2 football program. Good fun fact there for everybody. To, if you want to know about Newberry, uh, what color, Dave? Can you give us some colors of what they're, they're going to be? They're red and white. I know that they're red and white. Ooh, like so Indiana ish, like Indiana ish a little bit. I don't know why we keep going back to Indiana. <laughs> I don't like brought it up. Now we got to figure this out. We've got to figure this I'll out. Find, I'll find it. I'll find University I feel of like Pennsylvania. This is crucial. Since we don't know anything about the basketball team, I think we need to figure out the location <laughs> so we can figure out what kind of talent that area so comes Pennsylvania has a county called, uh, oh my goodness. Pennsylvania <laughs> has a county called Indiana County. That's stupid. So it'd be like Florida County? Kind of. No, it'd and be it like Florida is... having Texas County. You know, oh. and it is, you know, it's southwest Pennsylvania, so it's it's not close to Indiana at so all. So we'd have but, the Florida know. University of Texas State College University. I've now, I've, I've just, my brain is just, <laughs> I've left it. Like, I, I, I've thought of something else, and I'm just completely, I was in there, I was zoned in trying to figure this out and everything, connect the dots, but. I've had enough for today. That's, that's I was just day. explaining what it would be like if it was in Florida. Well, it's it's like Kent State beating Ohio. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but it's Kent, Ohio, so that makes sense. Oh, yeah, but everyone, it's not Kentucky. It's just. Yeah, Kent. I, bet, I bet most people, if I didn't tell them that, would assume it's Kentucky State, but it's not. Where'd you Where'd you get the S? Where's the state at? It's just Kent. <laughs> the school is Kent State, isn't it? Well, how are we gonna... <laughs> Can we just talk about basketball? I mean, that's, Let's that's talk about Leonard Hamilton looking great I'm for keep, his I'm age keeping all the secret scrimmage stuff in the Discord for Chief members only for now. Get in the Discord. All right. Link's in the description below. Get in the, and it's free to join. Even if you don't want to get the good nuggets from VZ, still get in there and hang out with us. Yeah, come hang out. Um, we, we have a good time in there. Um, we posted yeah, we today where, where, where I discussed, you know, starting five, some other questions being asked about the season. Definitely check that out. Yep. Um, and check out my ACC preview from last week, too, because people were asking about that. Yep. Get in there. Uh, how is Leonard Hamilton looking at his age to finish this off for us? Because we always need to know how he's doing. Uh, he said at ACC tip-off that he, ha- he was having a hip issue. I'm like, oh, God, I've been there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he's still ageless. He's going to be coaching for another eight to ten years. Alfred. It's a discussion we kind of had last year at the end. Not that that's happened. I don't think it. If, if it was up to him, he'd be coaching. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love, I love Leonard. I love Leonard. So I'm looking and forward he, to get back he's, there. He's more, the he's more joyous this year. More bullish on the team. It's something that we haven't really seen from Leonard Hamilton in preseason. Usually, he's like trying to temper expectations, and this year he's like, "Don't be surprised about this guy. This guy's gonna be really good for us," et cetera, et cetera. I think he was really getting used to having to 
a lot of these transfers come in, man. That's not easy. And then you also having to deal with really young, yet really young, talented players, but still having to get them transitioned and develop them. You had the transfers coming in. You have you have a year in your belt with that. Now you're going into the second year with them. I think he feels a lot more confident. I would imagine. And, and the development that the guys have taken. I mean, I, I can't, I can't say enough how much I've heard about Jalen Worley and the steps he's taken this off season. Hopefully Cleveland's up. taking that next step with it, with his offensive game. Hopefully Caleb, I mentioned that Caleb Mills has added some weight, which he needed. Um, I'm ex- like I said, I'm excited. And there, there's going to be more shooting this year, which is going to help the spacing for Worley and Cleveland to drive a little bit. Damn. Oh yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to get back into the tuck, baby. It's always a good time in there. But uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. He, uh, Dustin's shaking his head now. He goes to almost – Dustin only goes to the games whenever Florida State's doing good, like, like we saw last year. Um, it's funny since we've had season tickets since 2014. Whenever that's what I'm saying. You got season tickets no matter what, but you still don't – you could, you just go I whichever was, one. I was there to. for basically every game up until the second half of last year, yeah. Second half of last. It's busy at work. Sorry. No. Now, now I don't have a job, so I'll just be at every game. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Just screw around, basically. Yeah, cause he does. He doesn't edit. I'll send in, him an article. In like, pain. It's, it's in pain too. I'm not it's, editing right now. It's, it's like, like running around. He was actually true about that. He held on to. That, I know he? he did. I, I did. I. It didn't get published until 2 a.m. I was like, come we on. Had, uh, we had a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> Unreal. Yesterday was a busy day on the site. Look at look at the seven articles. Says, that went he, out. says he's editor in chief. Past noon, he's like, I, I'm out. I'm on my lunch break for well, seven hours. You're just on such a power trip. You know, you put an article in. You want me to edit it right then? No, there's a waiting period. Come on, <laughs> a power was, trip. I think he was, was just putting the, it in there. Only the fact you I said I was driving home when I got that text, or I was, was still at <laughs> at the practice. I mean, he ticked the him off before said, his lunch. There's only the fact you said I don't edit past 12:30 p.m. I'm like, what? <laughs> When do you edit? Being, a, being an asshole. That's what he's being. I know. Like, <laughs> uh, all right, let's wrap this up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Appreciate it. I uh, hope to see a, a few of y'all out there on Saturday. Florida State kicks off against Georgia Tech and the Yellow Jackets at noon on the ACC Network. Looking forward to being there covering it. We'll have an instant reaction right afterwards after the press conference around four. So I don't know when that game will end. So sooner the better, but we'll have an instant reaction for you guys. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google play Spotify. If you're still on YouTube right now, we'll definitely appreciate it. If you just hit a hit the like button before you head out It helps out a ton. And super appreciative. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy it. And we will talk to you guys on Saturday afternoon, no longer Saturday night, Saturday afternoon. Thank God. Enjoy the weekend guys. Peace. Not the same.